0: Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developer's podcast in fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And today we'll be talking about open spaces and agile coaching. What's the deal with open
1: spaces? Yeah, what's up with that? We just had a, a company meeting and you know, we just did all this crazy stuff. Yeah, oftentimes, uh, Stri will
0: have open space, which is something we'll dive into more detail. But before we do, we have a special guest. We have Doc Liss. How's it going, Doc?
2: It's going very well. Thanks. I like the way you managed to avoid that. That was good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> i managed to avoid saying, what's up, Doc? Because that would, yeah. <laughs>
2: that would just completely ruin everything and yeah. then no one would have any
1: fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Doc, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm a career software technology guy. I started out long, long, long ago working on mainframes and worked in all sorts of systems and all sorts of software and in about 2007 I started working for a little company and they were doing agile by name. I'd been doing agile like stuff since the 80s but nobody had given it a name yet. Right. And so I joined this company and the the guy who was their kind of main architect designer visionary guy one day he said I'm starting up this thing And I want to do an open space. Do you know what open space is? I said, no, I have no clue. He said, well, here's the book. Would you read this? And because I know you've been a professional speaker, I'm sure you'll be fine. Would you be the (laughs) facilitator for this? (laughs) Just go with it. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Yeah. And that was the beginning of the alt.net community. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And I I do believe I saw you at the open space that we had at at the Stride company meeting and uh, you may have been facilitating it. Mm
2: Yep. Yep. And one of the things I discovered early on was that it's easy to follow the book. It's like Scrum, right? We're talking about Agile. It's like Scrum.
1: Right. There's a basic Uh, set of instructions that if you just follow these bullet points, then you'll be there.
2: Yeah, you're doing it. In the Agile community, the the catchphrase has always been not doing Agile, but being Agile, Mm. because that's about the mindset and so forth. Right. The spirit of it, like
1: staying true to the essence and not like the rules.
2: Right. And the same is true of open space. So having read the book and having met other people who've read the book, what I realized is that anybody can read the book. The, the book was written by, literally written by a guy named Harrison Owen, who mm-hmm. came up with the idea back in the late 80s. And oh, he I, didn't, said, I didn't realize
1: it had been around for so long.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It comes out of the organizational development community.
1: Mm, I see
2: so it was it was an approach to how do we have an event where we can fully engage the participants as participants, not attendees and mm. he said that in when he went to conferences, what he found is that the sessions might be good, but the best times the most valuable times are doing coffee breaks when he could talk to people about whatever they wanted
1: yeah, yeah I think we've we've talked about open space at least briefly or. Maybe a variant of open space, the unconference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like they've they've had this. We we've, we've done this before at Stride, uh, where you know we have the day long company meeting, and you know it's largely unstructured. Also at conferences, sometimes there's like a parallel track, like PyCon does this, where there's always the hallway track, there's always the coffee. If you want truly unstructured meetings, but if you want uh, to. Actually, a space to to meet up. Then they provide that as well. Hmm.
2: Yep. So it's interesting because there've been evolutions of it. So when Open Space started to reach the wider world outside of purely organizational development, it got embraced by the technical community. And in fact, the first unconferences were put on by O'Reilly, the publishers. Oh yeah, yeah. Called Foo Camp. Needless to say, the next ones were called Bar Camp.
0: Oh yeah. Is that a Baz Camp?
2: (laughs) And and the change there was open space was about how do we get a bunch of people together who maybe feel passionate about some topics and instead of creating the programming for them, give them a chance to have a voice. And what they did with unconferences is they said, well, anybody can come and they can present, they can teach, they can collaborate. But we only have so much time and space, and so we're going to vote on the topics. And that is one of the main differences between sort of pure open space and on-conference.
1: So what are, what are the basic rules that you need to follow in order to, to be in open space? Because I feel like most of the time that I've seen this out in the wild, it's, it's probably been more trending towards an on-conference than an open space.
2: It, and that's very likely. Mm-hmm. In open space, there are there were originally four principles. There are now five. And the four principles were, uh, whenever it starts is the right time. Whoever comes is the right people. Whatever happens is the only thing that could have. And when it's over, it's over. Mm-hmm. And in the last few years, they added, and wherever it happens is the right place. And I'm not responsible for the bad grammar in any of that. I just want to <laughs> that. That's the way Harrison wrote them. Uh. And then he added the one law, which is now called the law of mobility, mm. which says if you find yourself in circumstances where you're neither sharing nor learning in a way you'd like, go somewhere else.
1: Which is a kind of radical and freeing idea in itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. And different from program sessions where... I think there's always this kind of social pressure, psychological pressure that if, if I get up and leave, will the speaker be offended? Right. Right. Will, yeah. will <laughs> the <laughs> other attendees look at me and stare at me as I leave? Will they heckle me as I leave? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, open space gets rid of that. And so, and therefore, unconferences get rid of that, which is it's kind of expected that if you're not getting something out of where you are, you'll go somewhere else and you may go to multiple places. Mm -hmm. So that led to the definition of two behavior patterns. One is the bumblebee. The bumblebee goes from session to session, maybe stays a few minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. And then takes what they got from that session, goes to another session, and maybe they share some of what they got, but they pick up something else. So it's sort of the idea of flitting from flower to flower and pollinating. Right. And that's expected that's what we were just really talking about with the law of mobility
1: yeah I feel like I often end up in that pattern because I like sometimes I'll, I'll have like major fear of missing out like the fomo strikes hard yeah and then I, I can't decide I want to like I want to talk to everyone I want to be all the places yeah
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that is a challenge and that's part of what it's designed to allow for the other behavior pattern is called the butterfly. And that's where you go. You know, you just need some quiet time. You go sit in a chair on a wall in the park, whatever. Mm -hmm. And another person may come along and chat with you. They, you know, that may not may happen. It may not happen, or you may do that deliberately, and you end up with some ad hoc conversations happening. Which, going back to Harrison Owens' origins of open space, is like a coffee break, right? Well, I'm just taking a rest. Oh, look, somebody else came along. Let's chat about something, and it may be the most meaningful conversation. You have.
0: Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I think so. When you have these principles and the law of mobility, uh, what are the next steps to having the open space? I imagine you need space to have these different sessions
2: yep. and, and
0: time, right? So you have to divide the time and the space. I think it's also the right people. And the right people. But you have so to before I'm, that. you I'm need-
2: gonna I want to correct that last one because uh, I believe in that the principle that says whoever comes is the right people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The idea of this is that, so the the one we did for stride, right. Is not everybody from stride was there. True. So the yeah. people who came were there because they were available because they chose to, because it was important to them, whatever it was. Right. And therefore they were the right people because the conversations that were held were created by the people who were there. Mm hmm. Every once in a while, I run into an organization that says, well, we want to put this online. In fact, it may be that one of your leaders suggested this, Mm -hmm. and I rejected it. Let's put it online, and people can propose their topics before we get there. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is it takes away the relationships between the people and their interest in the topics, which come up. And the process of creating the agenda as you guys experienced is that someone has a topic, they come up and they announce it, and so right mm-hmm. away you're starting to create some connection between the people and the the person proposing the topic and the topic itself and what's going on. This
1: has to be something that you're like passionate enough that you're willing to like kind of actually bring it in front of everyone.
2: Yes, and be brave enough and what I typically see is what I call the pause, which is when I announce, okay, it's time to start creating the agenda. If there are people who have done this before, they'll come right up and do it like Ken did
0: because right. he's mm-hmm. done
2: many open spaces. Right. But then there's this lull where the people who've never done this before are sitting there and probably thinking things along the lines of, do I really want to get up in front of people and propose something that may sound stupid? Right? There's that Oh man, that psychological restraint we put on ourselves. Yeah. And then somebody breaks the ice. And again, this is what happened at Stride is one person and then another person and all of a sudden it just rolls.
0: It's like popcorn. Right. You put yeah. it in the microwave <laughs> for some time and like it's silent. And then one corn pops and then they all right. slowly start happening. Starts cracking on and then all right. the ideas come out. And it's like really great to see the yeah. the silence and then all the ideas that sprout. After that. So when people have ideas and they share it in front of everyone and we have the ideas up on a, in a place where everyone can see, the next step is to vote for the topics, right?
2: Yes. And before that, we have said, how many spaces will there be and how long is each session? Right. So we know mm-hmm. what our capacity is. Because in a, in a true open space, everything that's proposed is held. I see. In an unconference, that is not the case. The other big difference is frequently, well, always an open space has a move towards action. We're, we're having these conversations so we can decide to do something about something. Hmm. And an unconference more typically doesn't. It's just a way of arranging things. But when I do them, as, I, as we did with Stride, we want to have an action segment of it. Because that's where we get the value of the wisdom of all the people there.
1: Right. And it, it creates some stakes too because you have to decide, you have to narrow the focus and decide what you really cared about the most and what you're, you're willing to carry forward. Because you know you may have had some really great conversations and those have affected you in some way, but you know they may not have the energy or, or any action items required to, to move forward from there.
2: Yeah. And that was actually an interesting part of the conversation with the stride leaders is, you know, we're going to have conversations and then what? And I think in the past, the the ones you guys have done, my understanding is there was not an action component and that was a problem.
1: Right. Yeah. Or the the action component may have been within each of the specific things. And so it wasn't a narrowing, it was a, a broadening. Like we just came up with ideas and ideas and ideas and actions and actions and actions. And then the reality of Monday morning comes and it's like, oh, I got to gotta do my job.
2: Like I, I don't have time to do all of this yeah. stuff. Right. Which is why when we did the action segment, I specifically said who's on point for this.
0: Right. I do have a question though. I've been with Strive for a very, very long time. And we've done like open space with a smaller group because the company wasn't as big, and the recent unconference f- feels different because of the amount of people attend. Doc, do you notice or do you see how behaviors change depending on the size of an open space or unconference?
2: Yes, I do. And the largest I've done was 400 people. Whoa, <laughs> that and sounds... H- however, yeah. <laughs> the largest I'd ever read about until a few years ago, was one that Harrison Owen and somebody else did in Germany with 2,000 psychotherapists. Mm,
0: that, Whoa. That's a lot of people. That's
2: a lot of Were energy. Were they really
1: going for the Guinness Book <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, and then you guys know who Kent Beck is, yes. right? Yeah. The The guy who came up with extreme programming, or at least one of the guys who came up with it. Right. His wife is an open space facilitator. I met them at a conference in Sweden. And I'm just chatting with her. I don't know anything about her. She says, oh yeah, I do open space. I said, really? She said, yeah, I just finished doing one with this organization. There were about 4,000 people there. What? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And
1: when you say open space, you're talking about like a truly open space. True open space where they,
2: everything that's proposed is held. The one that was done in Germany, they did in two circus tents. So huge (laughs) tents and they had balloons and Every balloon was a space where people could get together and talk. Oh, and wow. In some almost, cases, there were two people and in some, there were 50. Wow.
1: sounds sounds very appropriate somehow, <laughs> like just being in a circus tent with that many people. So like, how do you discover the structure of a truly open space? I like with an on-conference, I, I get it because like there's constraints. And being an engineer, I think in constraints, there's a box yes. and I can put my piece of paper in there. And then it'll it'll fit. Like people will vote on my topic, we'll see how how many people want to go and we'll we'll arrange it in a grid and there there's order. But I, I guess I'm finding it hard to visualize like how you would self organize like such a large number of topics and
2: it's challenging. <laughs> <laughs> but when you've done the planning, so it seems like you know, we just show up and create an agenda, and then we do action and we're done. But the reality is that a big part of it is the planning, the preparation. Mm. Where is this going to be? How big are the spaces? For instance, at the venue that we used for Stride, there's no way I could have done a true open space because we were constrained by space. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we'd allowed every idea that came up, there would have been no room. And the way you talked about putting things up on the wall, that's called the marketplace. What typically happens then is we have numbers and letters or whatever it is. And when somebody proposes a topic, they immediately go pick up a sticky that has a time and a place on it. They put it on their sticky, which is their proposal, and it goes on the wall, period. There's Mm. no voting. Okay. Mm. Okay. So it's just, you know, the one in in Germany, they may have had 2,000 numbers up there or 500 numbers or whatever it was. And you just go up and you pick one and say, okay, and this will be at this time. And then you do a little bit of organization in terms of day and time and location, mm. Okay, but everything gets held. Well, we, uh-huh. we couldn't do that. And a lot of the ones I've done have ended up being unconference style, like the alt.net community, right. they did want to accomplish some stuff, but more important to them was getting together with their community that shared an interest in this idea of we're committed to Microsoft. But there's other stuff out there. How do we incorporate that? Mm, mm-hmm. They did a series of
1: these around the country over the course of several years, just gathering feedback from people and ideas. And
2: yeah, I mean, the first time I ever saw somebody talk about the language F Sharp, which is a functional programming language, guy came and he just did a presentation, and that's all it was. And people wanted to know what it was about. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, so now that you've explained
1: that, I feel like it's crystallized in my brain. And I <laughs> I, I realize now that I have been to an open space. The one at PyCon US uh, every year is an open space because no one voted for the topic that I put on the board. I just put it up there. And then prayed that people showed up <laughs> <laughs> and they did it. And it, and the, it was great. The prayer yeah. Work. yeah. The prayer works. you know, <laughs> I, I, i really, uh, I, have been doing something right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I want to, I want to take us back to earlier in the conversation, because we talked a little bit about, you know, why, what makes me specifically more, um, something, I don't even know what the word is. A the reality is that I talked about anybody can pick up the book and read the book and know the mechanics of it. Right? right. Mm-hmm. But like Agile, there's also a mindset to it. And my job as facilitator is to set the tone for that, to open the space. That's literally the phrase that's used. And I think of it also as stirring the energy. Mm-hmm. So it was challenging at yours because I couldn't walk around the room. Normally we start with everybody sitting in a big circle and I walk around inside the circle. Mm. And I, in my mind, I'm connecting all of the people there. And I think I had the people at your unconference look around the room at each other. But what I do when I walk the circle is I say, look across the circle. And the people you see share some of the same passions you have. Here's the topic. And they're interested in it just like you are. I see. And so creating a spirit in the group and a mindset in the group of what they're there to accomplish, that's my real job. Yeah. And that I I worked with Michael, uh, the other Michael, in crafting the invitation because that's also really important. Right. Getting, like making sure that
1: before you enter the space, like you're mentally and physically prepared for like what the requirements are and what the general tone is going to well, be. Well, and
2: what the goal is. Why are we coming together?
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
2: As opposed to just show up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which, I I mean, I guess that kind of like comes to a question that, that I was having. It seems like such a loose concept. Uh, and it seems like, it, you know, you're saying anyone can do it, but it seems challenging to know if you're doing it right or if you're getting you know, I I guess with the rules, like whatever happens is the right thing that happened. And you know, you don't have to worry about getting it right. Maybe
2: there Uh, is no right. You know, it's funny (laughs) because I talk about this all the time. There is no right. It's like estimating an agile
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) relative
2: (laughs) estimation, right? There's no right. The number doesn't mean anything. And there's no way after the fact to say, did we get the right estimate? Well, how would you know if it was a three or a two? There's no objective measure. The same is true here. Is right, is did we deliver the kinds of results, outcomes that we were looking for? Mm. I guess, yeah,
1: because it's like very improvisational and you can't, you can't know what it's going to be before it becomes the thing that it is. So, you got to let go of the FOMO and just let it be. That's, that's what it is. Just let it be. We're going to get him some special FOMO shoes. <laughs> FOMO exactly. shoes. Will they make me go faster so I can yeah. get to all of the open space. they just <laughs> going to turn
0: on and that makes him walk away from every open space he attends at random but intervals. They, they have
2: the little flashing lights as you step. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best. Oh, fun stuff. So,
1: kind of going back to a question before, like Mike's question about like a large space, Like, is there, is there any limit on how small the, the group can be to have a truly open space like I, I would tell um, you know friends about this I'm like oh my gosh this is so so great like it's so energizing like we had a great discussion uh, we came up with some great action items and it was all like bottom up like no one had an agenda and they're like that's insane like uh, that would never work for my group of you know 20 people or my group of 10 people or
2: uh-huh. my group the of smallest five people. group I've ever done it with was 7 <laughs> Mm. It was a board of directors of a nonprofit. And back then they had yet defined lean coffee. But in effect, mm. lean coffee is an unconference for a small group where you hold one conversation at a time, and each conversation is time boxed. Yeah. Which is exactly the same as an unconference, just mm. simpler. Right, right. One track. Yeah. Lean coffee.
0: Yeah. Lean coffee is like uh one of my best meetings like to facilitate and to run. I don't know why. It's just like, all right, we have a column of all the things we want to talk about that all the people put up. We have a column where we're currently talking about it and we have a column that is done. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And then you just move things up. And prioritize the Yeah, you prioritize it and vote it. Once all that's good, we're talking about this. Five minutes.
2: Yeah. Do that. Knock them out. It's great. That's the big difference between unconference and lean coffee is unconference we don't prioritize other than putting them in times and spaces.
1: Right. And I guess there's also no law of two feet. You can't run away. I guess you can run
2: away from a lean coffee, but. Well, sure. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to get some water and you come back an hour later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Right. I, I love this stuff. I mean, I have seen it. I worked with the Microsoft. Oh, Enterprise Architect Group for a number of years, and that's where I would they would have three to four hundred people, and I did that twice a year for a number of years. And theirs were very much technical topics, and they did a hybrid event where they'd start kind of like you guys did with a with a few talks to get people thinking about things. But they would be short presentations fifteen to twenty minutes. And then at eleven am or whatever it was, We'd create the agenda and everybody would go off for the conversations.
1: That's that's cool. Yeah. I like the hybrid kind of approach because, like, you, you still may have some kind of structured conversation you want to have or take a break from being highly engaged in, you know, being a bumblebee or a butterfly or what, whatever your uh, mode of transportation is and kind of like, you know, absorb some message or, uh, you know, re energize. Doc, do you have any thoughts on? The directions or any points that you'd want to cover before we uh, closed out this space of the podcast episode?
2: No, I think I've said everything I wanted to say, and I think we've covered the important stuff. I'm eager to hear what it sounds like once it's been edited and produced. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it should be good. I think it was a good one. So, Doc, how can people contact you?
2: Well, I have my own organization, my own company. It's me, but it's my company, and it's another thought, like the two words, another and thought Mm -hmm. and my domain is anotherthought.com i have a website there my twitter handle is a thought because i decided to leave out the another because it was too long and you Mm -hmm. only had 140 characters (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I
1: like i like how that's uh like that's like the first movie and then the the website's the sequel
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then i have my blog is at doclist.me and that's where there is some of my writing about all sorts of things, including open space and unconferences. And I'm easy to reach and I'm doc at anotherthought.com, which seems kind of obvious to me, but I thought I'd say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah. So people can check out those blog posts and see if they're doing their on-conference or open space right. Spoiler, they are. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, we'll see.
0: <laughs> Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear?